Hi, I'm Ivalice Page, and thanks for listening to the Believe Big Podcast, the show where we take a deep dive into your healing with health experts, integrative practitioners, biblical faith leaders, and cancer thrivers from around the globe. Welcome to today's episode on the Believe Big Podcast. My name is Ivalice Page, and it's an honor to spend this time with you. Today, we are going to be speaking to Dr. Janet Mendel on the benefits of herbal medicine. Janet is a certified functional medicine practitioner, a manual osteopathic therapist, and is a board-certified internationally registered herbalist. She lives and works in Southern Manitoba, Canada, Janet applies the principles of functional root cause medicine for conditions such as hormonal imbalance, infertility and PCOS, intestinal health, autoimmunity, and cancer prevention and support. Janet believes cancer is not a process to be taken lightly and to be treated with a one-size-fits-all approach, but a collection of disease processes that encompasses everything the person has lived through. Welcome, Janet, to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. So, Janet, our listeners are always interested in discovering what our guest's favorite health tip is. What would you say is yours? My favorite health tip is to do something every morning when you wake up to promote wellness and health over illness and disease. And so that can be something like meditation and prayer a calming of the mind, and it can be something like exercise, walking, running, or just movement. And for me, those practices help me manage my day, take on my day, and hopefully lower my stress and help me adapt to what's coming at me for that day. I would say that was my favorite one as well. I start each morning with meditating and prayer. And when I don't do that, my day does not go as well. <laughs> so it really adds a sense of peace to your day. And so I agree, that would be mine as well. So Dr. Janet, what is herbal medicine? Herbal medicine is a pretty broad term, but essentially it's using plants and everything that we can do with them and all the formulations we can make with them and blend. And we use them in a medicinal way. And that can be anything from a daily support to something therapeutic where we're actually Actually working on something and working on this disease process. Okay. I know that a lot of people have questions about their safety. Are herbs safe to use? Yes. Herbal medicines have a very, very good safety profile. It always seems to me that much of what we see and much of what we read that scares us about herbal medicine is because it's misunderstood. And when something is misunderstood, it brings fear. And so they're very safe especially when taken as recommended by your herbalist. Yeah, I completely agree. I use them through my cancer journey and even still today. And like you said, when it's not individuals just randomly going and getting an herbal remedy, it's really working with an integrative practitioner like yourself that is knowledgeable, that knows your family history, that has done that proper intake to really see what is your body missing or needing to help support it best. And so I love that you said that. I was told that there is no 
licensure or regulations of who can call themselves herbalist or who can practice in the United States. So it's important to do your research. What would you say to someone looking to someone who knows herbal medicine and who's well-educated? Usually you can just ask the person, really, you can ask the herbalist of where their training is, where their training is from. There are plenty of good accredited schools that you can phone and that you can talk to. Here in Canada, herbalists don't have to be registered to practice, but when you can find somebody who's registered in your country or internationally, there just is a extra layer that shows you that there was a board that looked at the training and that in some cases gave another test or another evaluation of some sort that can tell you where she is or where he is. Yes. Great advice. So how can herbs aid in healing? They have many properties that depending on what you're looking at and depending what the person is going through and depending what, what, what puzzle I have in front of me. So I always do a very comprehensive intake for every person I see. Functional medicine is just my go-to for basically everybody. And then once I have that, once I have the intent, I have the labs and I have everything that I need, then I decide after lifestyle factors, after everything else that we can change and modulate in our lives, then I will reach to herbs because herb is a medicine and sometimes we don't need it. Sometimes we just need to modify what we're doing in our daily practices to promote our wellness and our well-being. Yeah. And how are they created? Oh, wow. So that depends on who you are and where you're getting them from. So many herbalists will do their own formulations and they'll do their own tinctures. And so we'll either grow or buy herbs from a reputable source and tincture them and blend them ourselves. And then other people will sort of make blends of their own and then give them to their patients as a tea. I have done a number of formulations myself. They're almost all tinctures because I like tinctures. I like how they work. I like how quickly they work. I've become busier as the years have gone by, so I am buying more than I used to. But tinctures is my go-to. Liquid capsulations and then also dried herbs capsulations can be found. And so it depends on what you want, what the method is, also what the patient can take, I guess. They're not all the same. Yeah, we have an herbalist here in town. There's two different ones and one makes their tincture and some of them don't taste that great. And then our others that is more of the tea form that you're talking about, which I love the one for immune support. And I drink that in the wintertime and it's just fabulous, all the different herbs inside. So you use the tincture version more so than the teas? Yes. And they rarely taste good. <laughs> I should tell you that. <laughs> I know that was a surprise to me. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Sometimes just a teaspoon of sugar makes the medicine go down. Unfortunately, we can't add sugar to it for sure, especially in a cancering process. I, I always say I can do anything if I know that it's going to help me. If it's going to help me, it's going to make me feel better and it's good for my body then I can pretty much handle anything. And so I think if we go into it with an attitude of, I am going to see how this works. And most people would be surprised how wonderfully they do work and your body just really accepts and really heals so nicely when you're giving it what it needs. So yeah. what is the difference between Western herbal medicine and Chinese herbal medicine? I heard those two different terms. So my training is in Western herbalism. And we okay. tend to be a little bit more, I like to say less traditional, but I'm going to have to explain that though. So we tend to be a little bit more scientific based. 
which isn't necessarily a good thing in herbalism. So we do look at a pathology and we do look at a disease process and we do look at labs and things. And then we try and find the herbs or the blends or other nutraceuticals according to what we see there. Chinese medicine is more of the person that they see, how they are presenting. They will need to know more than just the diagnosis. They will need to know how he or she is doing, how he or she is presenting to them. Do they seem warm? Do they seem cold to them? Are they stagnant or not? How is their chi? And that's very different. What's interesting about it, though, is that in TCM and Western herbalism, we will tend to arrive at the same conclusion many times with what we're recommending at the end, which is actually quite lovely. You explained that perfectly. So that's really interesting. I didn't know that there was two different types of herbal medicine. I thought it was all in one. For patients that are undergoing conventional cancer treatments, should they avoid herbal medicine or are there certain ones that should be avoided? Okay, that depends on where they are in their treatment. That depends on the patient. It depends on the factors that we're looking at the time. When they're getting their chemotherapy right now, then we usually just stop the herbals and most of the nutraceuticals, quite frankly. And we use the things that will help with the chemotherapy itself, and we will support the patient throughout that. We will use fasting for that, and we will make sure their inflammation is down for that so that they're responding to the chemo better. Some places will use hyperthermia, especially with radiation, things like that. So we will not, I usually don't use a whole bunch of supplements when the patient is actively in standard of care. And how do you use it typically, the herbal medicine with cancer patients? So with cancer patients, it depends on what we're looking at. I use the metabolic approach, which I know you've done some of this on your website, so you know, or, or, or on your podcast, I should say. So it depends on what I'm looking at. So if we're looking at the terrain of the person, there are various different elements that can pop up that we would be concentrating on. So we can be looking at metabolics. We can be looking at angiogenesis markers. We could be looking at inflammation. We could be looking at pain, stress, mental health. And so depending on what the biggest terrain issues are, after we look at that and after we promote some of the lifestyle things that can be done for metabolics, for example, if this is a person that has high insulin resistance, maybe a diabetic or prediabetes, once they have their foods dialed in and the exercise, if they can, I may support them with berberine on top of that. I may suggest CHE for the inflammation. I may add Boswellia for someone with a high inflammatory profile or something with some swelling somewhere or curcumin. I don't use just a whole bunch of herbals for every single person that has cancer because it depends on what the picture is that's in front of me. And it depends on what we're looking at and what we're trying to support. Yeah, that's really good. And what's right for one person may not be right for the next person. And it's really, again, important to have an integrative oncology practitioner that specializes in this that can really support you best, knowing what aspects and when in the treatment process would be the best time to introduce and to use. Just like with supplements, though, I hear that the quality and the brand makes a difference in the effectiveness of the herbs used. Can you talk about that? Yes, it does. The thing is, we don't always know for sure when we're buying supplements, and that's just across the board. We're all hoping and doing all our research and finding these people at conferences and trying to sign up 
with companies that that tell us that their products are pure, that they have third-party lab testing. Some have two or three third-party lab testing papers to show us. So we do try as much as we can to have the best for our patients because truth is in herbalism, as well as in other medications, of course, but in herbalism, if it's not pure, it's very concentrated in whatever the impurity or the toxin is that's within the capsule. So it is very important that it's pure and it's very important that it's tested because even the plant, depending on when they harvested it and depending what parts of the plants were used, all of that actually needs to be shown in a lab that it is actually what they're selling so that when we're dosing it, that we're safe and effective. That's really important. Here in the United States, I know Believe Big has a full script account that those who work with Believe Big and patients are, are able to order professional grade supplements, which have been third-party tested and that what you're actually getting in that bottle is in that bottle. I think we've all kind of gotten accustomed to sometimes using Amazon and other things, but we don't know how it was stored, how it was shipped. And so that might lose its effectiveness. So I love making sure that the supplements and the herbal that I use are actually physician grade. So that's true. So yeah. most complementary therapies, herbal medicine is not covered by insurance. Is it expensive or how much does it typically cost if someone is coming in to see you? You're right. They're not covered here either. <laughs> and the cost for the supplement okay. <laughs> ends how many they need and how long they'll be on a certain protocol. So for the coming in to see me, the original appointment, the initial appointment is one price. And then the follow-up appointments is another price. And then the labs that I send them to, they pay the lab for the blood work and whatever else is going on. And then they also, my patients actually all order through full script. I wasn't sure if we were able to say words. <laughs> or names, oh, sure. No. Absolutely. That's, yeah. Anything that's helpful. So yeah. So it depends on what they're ordering from full script. And it's not expensive, at least for what I have seen. I'm able to go to the herbalist and get the teas and the tinctures that I need. And it's not expensive. It's the cost of a good supplement. So if someone was wondering how much that is, it's not, at least here in the United States, it's pretty affordable. It's not an easy question to answer. So if I'm, if I'm sending somebody that's a, like a monthly dosing strategy, I would think it would be in Canadian dollars. It would be anywhere from 250 to $400. What aspects of cancer care are herbal remedies most helpful? Wow, that's a good one. I think all of them, because my head is going, okay, I'm going to say stress. And then I'm like, well, it's definitely not just stress because it's inflammation too. And then there's immunity. We can support genetics with it. And so I'd, everything, I have to say all the things, I'm sorry. I'm biased here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's a holistic approach, correct? What are your favorite ones to use? I love berberine and I like it because in cancer, we know that the insulin driver, the sugar driver is a huge thing. And in many cases, by the time we see these people, it's not easy to get the insulin back down to a nice normal range. It's really not easy often to get the sugars down, to get the A1C down. And so I like using berberine for that. It's been shown to be as effective as metformin in trials, but it's not a silver bullet. We can't take it and eat cake. It just doesn't work. So that's one of my favorites. I like adaptogens because of course in oncology, we're looking at very high stress and we're looking at what the body needs to modulate. So I like rhodiola for that. It's a really nice herb. It will 
It will help for mental performance as well and mental health, which of course we really need in cancer. It will help the body adapt to the stresses that are coming at it. So that plus and even more so lifestyle factors that we can do for that. So I really like that one. I like boswellia and curcumin. I like those for inflammation. I like mushrooms. (laughs) <laughs> for immunity. Those are all fantastic. Yeah. When my integrative practitioner, we do my blood work every year and berberine is one that I'm still on and that I use. And in the winter time, I love using the mushrooms and I think my community has a spray and I love using it because it just kind of keeps my immune system strong in the middle of the winter. It's worked really well for me. Those are really great recommendations. And of course, they're not recommendations. They're actually your favorites. Again, they'll be individualized for whatever a patient needs is what will be prescribed to you by an integrative practitioner. Is there anything else in regards to herbal medicine that I haven't asked you that you feel would be important to share or talk about? One of the things that I really love about herbals is beyond everything we just talked about is their ability to modulate. The body is always looking for balance and looking for homeostasis. No matter what we're looking at, we're looking at the immune system, it still needs balance. We can't inhibit one part and stimulate another and be healthy. The same goes with stress. Too little stress isn't working for us. Too much is just not working for us either. So what I like about herbs is that many of them have the ability, if not all of them, but many of them have the ability to completely modulate us with whatever we need. And it's a living medicine, it's alive. Yeah, that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. I really appreciate all that you have shared with us today. And I know that the information is going to be very helpful for those who are interested in learning more about it. We can put some links in regards to your website that people can look into and as well as other avenues for them to to dig a little deeper into herbal medicine. But thank you so much for joining us today. Dr. Janet, I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. It was lovely meeting you. And thank you so much for inviting me. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support our podcast, please subscribe and share it with others. Be sure to visit believebig.org to access the show notes and discover our bonus content. Thanks again and keep believing big.